All right, let's pray one more time before we read. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this morning. And I pray that as we open your word, the Lord, likewise, you would open our hearts and our minds to receive and understand all the truth and the grace that you have for us, Father, all the fullness of wisdom that are in Christ. Lord, we pray that you'd bless us and lead us in, in uh, joyful obedience. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, so this morning we're going to talk about the God of grace, right? And that our God is the only God who can say that his character, his quality, his name, if you will, is grace. One who gives undeserved favor, right? So we're going to be in Romans 5, verses 1 through 5. So join me as we read. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Amen. So really, this is, this is about God's grace, but it's also about about hope and the fullness of hope and our our need as Christians and in fact our ability our um, yeah our ability as Christians to hold on to the hope of Jesus Christ and it starts and in fact it's rooted in this one thing the fact that it says in, in verse one that therefore having been justified by faith. Been justified. You know, everything, as we approach God, as we consider our relationship with the Lord, as we ask, as we worship, as we follow, you know, we have to realize that the, the root of our, our relationship with God is the fact that we have already been justified. And this is important to, to understand because if we understand this, then Satan has no tool, has no tactic to put between us and the blessings of God. He has no way to separate us from God in fear of judgment or of, of fear of, well, yes, God can do this, but I don't know if he'll do it for me. Yes, I know God is all-powerful, but, I mean, look at, look at who I am. I don't deserve for him to act on my behalf. So why ask? Right? Well, I'll, and this is what I hear, I hear maybe not from uh, too many Christians, but I do hear it a lot. You know, well, we're really meant to do the best we can. You're really supposed to strive and work. And then if you can't get it right yourself, then you ask God, and hopefully God will come and, and pick you up. But that's backwards. Because God has already done the work for us. 
so that we can have peace with him. And so the fact that we're justified before God is, is an amazing thing because the justification of Christ should move all shame, move all guilt, move all disabilities out of our relationship with the Lord. You know, justification is actually a legal term. I'm sure most of you know this, right? It's a legal term. And what I love about the fact that Christ calls us justified is the fact that we needed justification. What does that say? It presupposes the fact that we were guilty, that we were sinners, right? That there was judgment coming to us, that we had to stand spiritually and physically, right, before God and be judged according to our works, according to the wickedness of our heart. And so what I love about the fact that we're justified, it's not the idea that, well, it was all just made okay, or that we never have to be judged for our works. But think of this. Being justified means that God looks at your life. He knows all things, beginning and end. He's already declared them. He already knows what you did yesterday. He knows the issue of your heart today, and he knows the failures that come tomorrow. He knows. And seeing the wickedness of the world, seeing the inadequacy of the human race, ourselves included, to be holy, he sent his son so that this, as we stand before God, we are judged. Just, just think of this. And we are judged, yes, you are guilty. You are guilty. God doesn't say, oh, we're not guilty. No, he says, you are guilty. And so I myself will pay the payment. And I myself will fulfill the requirements for you to be acquitted. Is that the right word, acquitted? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sometimes I got to double, double check my vocabulary. And that should give us a big sigh of relief. Everybody just breathe in real deep and breathe out. (sighs) Because God saw our shortcomings and you have already been judged for it. But you were judged according to the payment of Christ. So that they're already dealt with. They're already done away with. And when we stand before God, regardless of how we feel or, or our uncertainties or, you know, what we consider of ourselves, God says, come. Your cause, your case to come to me, your need for grace, your need for mercy, your need for provision, it's justifiable. It's justified already. Come. And it says, As we continue in verse 1, having been, past tense, already justified by our faith in Jesus Christ, that we have, present tense, peace with God through our Lord Jesus. We have peace. You know, the Bible is very clear that we were once sinners, or uh, we were once enemies of God. We were alienated from the Lord. 
that veil in the, in the uh, temple between us and the holies of holies, that was a real picture. But that veil has been torn in two. We have present tense peace with God. No turmoil, right? There should be no, no need for separation. The only time when we, if the only, the only way we could say, you know, I'm distant from Christ is if we allow ourselves to be distant from Christ. Because the peace is already paid for. It's already bought. And we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Into this grace in which means we stand. You know, I'm so thankful. <laughs> Man, I'm so thankful for the grace of God. You know, the fact that we have access by our faith, by our believing, into the grace of God, it's, it's amazing. Because just, just like our peace, just like our um, um, justification before God, grace is undeserving. It's undeserving. And we have access to it because of Jesus. So it always seems um, strange to me, like I, like I mentioned earlier, when people have a, they get a mentality, well, I don't really deserve that. I can't really ask for that. I'm not really there yet, right? Or after all, I'm in this trouble, or, or my family or my friends, they're in this trouble because they did that. They made that choice. And you know, that may be true. Because I was in a lot of trouble that I, you know, the choices I made. But God's grace is undeserving. And so, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I'm left to myself. I'm a jacked up guy. I don't, outside of Jesus, I don't have a lot to, to boast about. I don't have a lot to talk about. I don't, I don't have much of anything. In fact, I was talking to Baylor one time about this idea of, of needing to constantly, day in and day out, go to the Lord and ask for grace and ask for mercy and ask for wisdom and ask for strength. Because he gives it. And every day I need it again. And as I was talking to him, I was trying to translate how true, how authentically true what I was telling him was. Now, this wasn't, you know, good Christian talk. It wasn't, you know, you know, kind of biblical, you know, pep speech. It was the reality of my everyday life. And as I was thinking about it, I'm thinking about all the endless times where God simply said yes here all the endless times god reached down and pulled me out of that the water when i was sinking all the endless times when he just gave even though i was undeserving and so as i'm telling him i'm thinking about this and there happened to be some some music on in the background some christian music that was just singing glory to god i don't even know what the song was 
And I just started bawling like a little girl. Like mid-sentence, just shut down for like five minutes. Couldn't even speak. And he's like, just staring at me like, I have no idea what just happened. And Summer is sitting on the other couch looking at me the same way. And it's just silence for five minutes. Just couldn't even speak. Because if anybody in this room, if anybody in this room, you know in your heart, you don't really deserve the love of God. You don't really deserve those things that you're asking for. Man, that's great. You're a perfect candidate. Because grace is undeserving. And he loves, he loves, he loves to give it. And notice he says, in this grace in which we stand. In which we stand. You know, and I think that's also um, a very important concept to consider. I believe that every, every word of Scripture is inspired. Okay? And so every word has meaning, and it has meaning to, to us. And I think it's, it's very easy to say, yes, I understand God is a God of grace. I, I, I understand that if I need something, that God is gracious enough to help me, that God is gracious enough to provide for me. I think it's more difficult to comprehend sometimes that when it says in Hebrews 4.16, that because of Christ, we have boldness. We can boldly approach the throne of grace to receive in time of need. I think it's harder to understand that this visual of us approaching the throne of God boldly, that that is where we stand right now. That there's not some big leap, some big jump that we have to do to get there. That that grace, it's, the Bible says the throne of grace. I was thinking about that yesterday. I was like, throne of grace, throne of grace, throne of grace. You know, I'm trying to think of, that's a, that's a pretty, pretty specific uh, description. And I'm thinking, God's throne, that's, man, that's the image of his kingship. A throne, that is the, the foundation of his authority. When he sits on that throne, when a king sits on that throne, you know this is the man of authority. And God says that his throne, he describes it as a throne of grace. To me, as I was meditating, is God is saying, all of my power, all of my authority, all of my rule over your life isn't an iron rod, but that he self declares it as a ruling of grace. And that we stand at all time present tense before that. And so having this visual and hanging on to this visual in our week, man, it should be powerful for us. My buddy Curtis, he was a uh, Curtis, by the way, he everybody know who Curtis is? He's been coming here for a while. He's uh, working right now. So hope he, he should be back next week. He's getting baptized tomorrow. You know, praise God. And, uh, you know, he was telling me, he was like, yeah, you know, your brother Daniel was telling me uh, that he just lost his job. And Curtis was 
He said, he looked at him, he said, the job that you love? And Daniel was like, yeah. The job that you, you know, all these things are happening and you were just always so overjoyed and everything. He's like, yep, that's the one. And Curtis is looking at Daniel and saying, why is this guy so happy? Why is this guy so okay with this dream job that he lost? And, and this was powerful for Curtis because Curtis is losing his job. You know, the, his ride, the ride he had moved, there's jobs in Fredericksburg, he can't get there. And so no more, no more work. And uh, when he first found out he was losing his job, he said he kind of began to get overwhelmed a little bit with, oh, all these things I'm going to have to do and what am I going to do? And he said he had to just push aside and just start to pray and just start to pray. And he said he remembered Daniel saying, hey, I lost this dream job and was just, he was smiling. And Daniel didn't even have to say it. Curtis knew that that was joy that came from the Lord. And he's like, man, I need that. And he just began to pray, and, he's, and now he has that. He has no fear. He has no worry. Because, guys, we stand present tense before that throne, and it's a throne of grace. And that every moment, regardless of what comes our way, whatever new trial, there's always, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do this? Oh, my gosh, how am I going to do this? What do I say? But at every moment, God has grace ready, provision ready to give to you. Rather, it's external or internal. Sometimes we don't need more money. I mean, maybe some of y'all. <laughs> I think I always need more money. But uh, some people, they don't need more money. Some people don't need another job. Some people don't need more food, more this or that. Some people need more peace. Some people need more joy. Some people need a root of bitterness that they don't even see to be pulled out. And all of those things, God is more than able to do and is willing to give. Because we stand in the same place. When he looks at us, all the provision, all the blessing that belongs to Jesus Christ, God has freely given to us if we simply have faith. Okay? And so this should give us confidence to ask confidence to wait which is the hard part it's easier to ask than to wait but part of that confidence means that we should have an expectation expectation and I love that confidence is an expectation of God's grace right because you know what confidence and expectation when you bring those two things together you know what what that becomes I've said it before hope I'm telling you, this is like, I used to hate the word hope. I thought it was weak and watery. I love it now because I understand it. I'm like, yes. Confidence and expectation. The actual definition is desire and expectation, but it's hope. And so the word of God says again in verse 2, through Jesus Christ, whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. Now, verse 5, hope does not disappoint. Hope does not. If you, if you don't remember anything else from this sermon, 
You should memorize that part of that verse. Hope does not disappoint. Okay? Because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You know what, you know what Christian hope looks like? My favorite, favorite, one of my favorite stories, especially with this subject, is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right? About to get thrown into the fire. And they weren't even worried. They had a confidence and they had an expectation that God was going to deliver them. Because they stood before the most powerful man on earth. But their hope was in the Lord. And so he says, our God is able to save us from your hand. And our God will, they said. That's confidence. He will. And it's an expectation. They weren't rolling the dice. Well, Lord, I really hope you show up. No, he will deliver us from your hand. But if he doesn't, let it be known we will not bow down and we will not worship. Man, that's, that's hope. That's faith. And so it's in, these, it's in these times of waiting that we have to, have to, have to remember that Christ has called us into hope, the hope of glory, even in our tribulations. Because if you, in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your testing, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your tribulations, if you can have confidence that, yes, my Lord is able, and yes, my Lord will deliver me, that's a good and, glor and glorious thing before the Lord. He says, you know what, dude, that's going to produce perseverance. That means the, the race is going to get easier and easier as you see the Lord show up. And as, you're, as you learn perseverance, you, you're strengthened in confidence. You're strengthened in, I have an expectation from my God. It gets a whole lot easier to wait. Because it's not an empty wondering, will God do this? As I know my, who my Lord is. Amen? And as we grow in perseverance, then character. Then character. I thought a lot about what exactly does he mean, character? And I have a lot of answers for that. The simple answer is you begin to look like Jesus. You want to look, you want to see what godly character is? Look at Jesus. The Bible says that it was through his sufferings that he was made perfect. Man. And as God creates character, as God forms Jesus Christ in you, because his love has already been poured out when you receive the Spirit of God, as you allow him to form that, then truly, 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 you understand the hope of God. Not only here now, but also, why was it so easy for the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to stand confidently before Nebuchadnezzar and say, I know my Lord will deliver me, but even if he doesn't, we will not worship. Because his hope is not here on earth. The real hope is regardless of what happens here on earth, regardless as if I'm cast into the fire, regardless if I don't make it past next week, I will enter into my hope, and my hope alone is with the Lord God in heaven. It's an eternal hope. It's a spiritual hope. It's a hope that will never fade, and it will not ever disappoint, ever. Because God responds to those who wait on him, in faith. And I've said it before, 
every prayer for healing will be answered. Maybe not here. Maybe not here. But if the worst part of our life is we know that we're going to pass away and wake up whole and glorified before the Lord to see his face forever, I'm okay with that. And that is my hope. And it's that hope that translates into a greater hope here. Because if he's able to do that, there's nothing he's unable to do before us. And now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been already poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So I just want to, I want to close with this. I want you just to, some rhetorical questions for you. I want you to think about this. Have you indeed received and experienced that love of God? that he pours out. Have you indeed received and experienced the love of God that he pours out? Just some things to think about. Have you really felt the fatherly rebuke that leads to repentance? Can you look back and see in your life time and time again where God delivered you, where God exceeded your expectations, where God provided more than you could ask for? And if the answer is yes, remember that. And in your, how are we going to glory in tribulations? Remember. Remind yourself. Stir that up within you. And know if the Lord did it once, he can do it again. And in fact, he can do greater things. Right? Build yourself up in the hope of God's eternal glory and power. Because through Christ, we are already standing in the fullness of provision and blessing that belongs to him. So glory in the Lord, glory in the trials, and realize that we can rejoice because good day or bad day, we're already justified before God. That whatever we have to ask, it's not based on your ability or your requirements or where you think you are or are not spiritually. It's based on the character and the definition of God's own throne, which is grace. So let's just pray, and if you need, a, you can join me in prayer, but if you need grace for something in your life, if you need to be built up in hope, if you need provision, then let's just take this time, and you just you ask God confidently for that, and have an expectation, not just today, not just the next three hours, but the next week, month, until he answers that. Have an expectation that God is more than able. He's actually willing to provide those things. Father God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for this morning. I thank you for all the people here that you love, Father, that you yourself paid the price for. And so, Lord, we just rejoice that we stand before you unashamed, because you have justified everything from beginning to end through your son, Jesus. So, Lord, we just want to boldly come and ask you, Father, those who need healing, Father, we pray that you would heal them. Lord, that's the grace that some of these people need. Father, for those who need provision and finances, Lord, you are our Father. You are are the provider. I just ask that you would come through and you would amaze them. 
Lord, for those who need peace, for those who need deliverance, for those who need repentance in their life, Father. That's a great grace. And Lord, provide it. Lord, give us the grace to see ourselves clearly so that we can be formed into your image. Give us the grace, Lord, that we can see others clearly and still love them and give them grace as you give to us. So, Lord, bless us and knit us together in love. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.